All right, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Cruz Podcast. If you have been listening, first of all, thank you so much. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Secondly, if you haven't noticed, I'm a huge fan of Chris Jericho. I guess the right term is a huge mark for Chris Jericho. So today we will begin our five-part series of some amazing matches from Chris Jericho's past, starting with the instant classic Chris Jericho versus Dean Malenko from Slamboree 1998 for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And then the main excursion of the Bruce Cruz Podcast, Episode 10, Heart of a Lion, Part 1, from Judgment Day 2002 versus Triple H inside the diabolical Hell in a Cell. So get ready to take a ride on the Bruise Cruise. We get started with Chris Jericho versus Dean Malenko for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship from Slamboree 1998. Right, and a little bit of backstory here for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship matchup between Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko from WCW Slamboree 1998. They had a nice little battle royal for the number one contendership for Chris Jericho's WCW Championship. And Jericho hilariously has a little backstory for everybody, including Ciclope. The masked luchador who apparently came from selling chimichangas on the streets of Mexico to wrestling in the WCW. Don't you just love professional wrestling? And of course, professional wrestling, Cycloplay, who, as you may recall from a second ago, went from selling chimichangas to wrestling in WCW, wins the battle royal in the weirdest way possible. It comes down to Ciclope and Juventud Guerrera. And Juve just kind of jumps out of the ring real quick like, nah, that's yours. You go ahead and take him. Slowly but surely, Ciclope, who has just won the battle royal, removes his mask, revealing Who's that? Dean Malenko. And the crowd absolutely erupted because Jericho had been disparaging Malenko and his family for months. They were so happy to get a storyline answer to everything that the heel Chris Jericho was, was doing to Dean Malenko while he was on the shelf. And the psychology they used was pretty simple but it worked. The second Jericho got in the ring, still title belt on and everything, Malenko comes right at him with lefts and rights, forcing Chris Jericho into the corner, leading to Jericho falling into the, you know, bottom turnbuckle and and Malenko starts stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. And any attempts by Chris Jericho to really get any offense in on this very rarely seen vicious side of Dean Malenko is stopped by the absolute ridiculous talent of the man of a thousand holds. He has an answer for everything, which not only fits the psychology of Dean Malenko's character because he's the man of a thousand holds, but also the storyline. 
if you're on the bench, for lack of a better term, and some guy's talking smack, you're going to study that guy. And you're going to come back and you're going to be ready for him because uh-uh, you're not going to stand for that. That doesn't do anything for your your gimmick per se to make it more realistic. And even the finish was Dean Malenko having an answer for everything. Jericho had delivered the line salt, but Malenko kicked out. So what's Jericho do? He digs back into his other bag of tricks, forces Malenko into the corner, lifts him up to the top rope. Looks like he's giving him a Frankensteiner. Once again, Malenko has an answer. He puts Jericho in the fireman's carry after a pretty hard shot to the gut, leaps from the middle rope, planting his knee in the gut of Chris Jericho in the process, selling the damage that, of course, a human body landing on somebody's knee from the middle rope would probably hurt the knee a little bit. And then he recovered, grabs Chris Jericho by both of his legs, and turns over to the Texas Cloverleaf. And it was a nice little twist on the the Jericho finish. Jericho was pulling and trying to get to the ropes just inches and inches away. But Dean Malenko was not having it. He pulled right back, yanking Chris Jericho into the middle of the ring, still holding the Texas Cloverleaf, sits in the middle of Chris Jericho's back, really cinching it in. And good old Chris Jericho, has to relinquish the WCW championship by tap out because he just cannot take the pain anymore. to our main excursion of the Bruce Cruz podcast from Judgment Day 2002. Triple H versus Chris Jericho inside Hell in a Cell. And this was a big time grudge match between these two. They have a pretty storied history at this point. Jericho was recently the undisputed, I'm sorry, let me correct myself, first ever undisputed WWE champion leading to WrestleMania. Triple H, who had won the Royal Rumble, took the title, promptly losing it to Hulk Hogan, I do believe, a month or two later. But that's a story for a different podcast. And storyline-wise, Vince McMahon was having a lot of issues with Triple H because just storyline-wise, him and Stephanie were getting a divorce. So, of course, Triple H is just the worst. And he elicits the help of the Un-Americans and one, Chris Jericho, who really focusing in on Triple H. I mean, they're, the whole lead up to this matchup is just Triple H getting beat down. He, he gets a few 
little highlights here, but he got mobbed by a lot of people. The only he was able to pull out the sledgehammer, but that was about the only time he really got the best of that giant group of men, leading to Vince McMahon putting him in a matchup with Chris Jericho that we're talking about now, the Hell in a Cell. One thing I noticed, I couldn't find this on the network. That was weird. I had to go to YouTube to watch this one. But I digress. Before we really dive into the main excursion of the Bruce Cruz podcast, episode 10, The Heart of a Lion, part one, this match is really important to me uh, personally. Like a lot of the matches we talk about here on the Bruce Cruz podcast are important to me, but this one was about three weeks before I graduated high school. Yes, folks, I am that old. And these two always had great matches, and I never missed a show back then. I, mean, I don't really now, but it was different. I grew up with these guys. Jericho came to the WWE when I was a freshman. I mean, I grew up watching these guys guys, Chris Jericho, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, all coming into their own as performers as I was growing up. And this is why I talk about a lot of these matches. It's you guys listening probably are wrestling fans. And so, you know, the attachment that you can have to certain wrestlers, especially depending on when you started watching it. And these are the guys that got me into watching it. I didn't start watching it until 98, 99. This was a, a much different Hell in a Cell, a little bit the same, but it did focus a lot on wrestling. They built to the point of weapon use. A lot like their last man standing match was. It wasn't just, oh, let's go get the weapons as soon as possible. No, they worked around everything. It was a wrestling match first and a Hell in a Cell second, and that tends to be the better Hell in a Cells. And really, this was a war of attrition. I mean, early on, Jericho gets busted open the hard way, just not in the face. He basically spears the second ring post flying to the outside and eventually his arm just starts bleeding or that was from the cage but he's the first one to bleed in this matchup and he sure as hell is not the last like i said they they worked to everything triple h eventually took that little patented wrap my arm around the top rope and fly to the outside leading to more fighting on the outside with an Irish whip into the steel steps, dislodging the steel steps so that they can be used easier. And then Jericho gets advantage. Slingshots Triple H right into the Hell in a Cell, giving him time to grab his trusty ladder from under the ring. Yeah, Chris Jericho had basically made the ladder match his own at this point in his career. So it really fit that he would storyline-wise, hide a ladder down there. And that's one of the things that are great about, like, Triple H and Chris Jericho. When you look at their overall wrestling game, they rarely do things that don't fit. Everything tends to make sense when you watch their matches. They're never just out there doing things to do things. They are always trying to tell a story. 
and one story that I really don't think gets talked about enough, and maybe because I may be incorrect, but I do believe this was the last match that Tim White ever officiated. He took a really hard shot into that Hell in a Cell. Now, the spot was planned. Once again, it's wrestling. Things happen. But the force that Triple H threw Chris Jericho into Tim White when Tim White was on the apron of the ring, he was supposed to knock him into the cell, which did happen. But man, I don't think Tim White was ready for the force that Jericho was going to hit him with because he just plowed right into that cell. His head hit that bar and... He was out, like legit. It looked like he was out. And I don't think Chris Jericho knew that when he went out there to start attacking him because that was the storyline. He was supposed to attack him so that they would check on him and open the cage door, leading to the two of them fighting on the outside. Some more Irish whips. Jericho gets Triple H up on the Spanish announce table, attempts to pedigree him through it, but no, Triple H isn't having it. He counters and DDTs Chris Jericho right through the Spanish announce table. But of course, this is about 20 minutes in, so Triple H doesn't get right up. He is absolutely exhausted. But when he does get up, he reaches under the ring bell table and pulls out a good old-fashioned two-by-four wrapped with barbed wire, a la Cactus Jack from the last Hell in a Cell that Triple H had had, which was the last Hell in a Cell McFoley ever had, leading to one of the crazier finishes in Hell in a Cell, and I don't think this Hell in a Cell gets really talked about enough. I mean, the, come on, I had to find it on YouTube and not the network. That's a problem. Because the finish was pretty creative. They didn't do anything crazy. And I think that's why it doesn't get talked about. This is a really good Hell in a Cell, but they didn't go all flying off the top of it, so they, people don't talk about it as much, but it was still very creative. Triple H is up there taking backdrop, taking barbed wire two-by-four shots to the back. Jericho took a shot with that barbed wire two-by-four right on the top of his head. Stuck in there a little bit, it pulled his hair out and everything. And then he took a pedigree. All of that was pretty risky because you never know how good that roof is going to hold. We've seen it time and time again. If they would have weighed a little bit more, probably wouldn't have been able to do all of those things. And I hope one thing you're able to do is hit that follow and subscribe button and support the Bruce Cruz podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. And next week, and next week on the Bruce Cruz podcast, Episode 11, Heart of a Lion, Part 2. We'll have some more classic Chris Jericho matches. See what I did there? I'm not going to tell you which ones. It's a surprise. And until next time, stay good, because I'm always good. Yeah,